Welcome to the Mums King Matter podcast, where we explore the multifaceted experiences of women and mothers and why it's vital to truly look after ourselves. As mothers, we are doing one of the most important and challenging jobs, raising the next generation. I'm your host, Lucy. I'm the birth recovery coach, coach for mums, perinatal specialist, personal trainer, yoga teacher, and matrescence coach, working with women to make sense of their motherhood experience. It is my desire to help mums like you step into your power and rise as the change makers that we are. Just because society doesn't acknowledge the value of what mothers do, it doesn't mean we can't value ourselves. In my spare time, I love hanging out with my beautiful daughter, reading and writing poetry, long walks in nature, and a good soul-nourishing dance. Crying and the power of crying. I find this such an interesting thing to talk about, and so I'd like to go into it. First, I'd like to ask you, how does crying feel for you? And I'm pausing so that you can have a think. How does crying feel for you? And I wonder, because it's likely, if the opinions of your family of origin come into that. But also knowing that it could be that perhaps at school, you absorbed certain attitudes to crying or perhaps certain workplaces. But yeah, how does crying feel for you? I remember when I worked at a gym in London, one of my colleagues saying, I never cry. I hate crying in public. And I think I was probably about 20, 21 at the time, roughly. And um, no, definitely 21 or 22, in fact. And I am quite an emotional person and I've really made peace with that now. And I've never really had a super big problem with it or anything, but sometimes other people would be perturbed by my emotions. But anyway, I would naturally let emotions surface, you know, through sadness or anger, frustration. Sometimes tears would come up. So I'd be like, oh, I cry all the time. Don't worry about it. But of course, Like I couldn't just say, don't worry about it. She felt how she did. So I wanted to talk about this because in my opinion, crying is not a problem whatsoever. It's a very, very natural reaction. And I wouldn't say it's an emotion, but it is the result of certain emotions that we will feel as human beings. And there are certain emotions that aren't seen to be good to feel. They're seen to be bad. Anger and sadness are just two of them. And I imagine you'll agree. But they're not. They're not bad. They're useful. They're information. Emotions are information. And I don't know if you've ever broken it down, but the word emotion is energy in motion. Emotion, energy in motion. So it's really just helpful to think what our body is telling us. Years ago, I read a book called The Gift of Anger by Aaron Gandhi, Gandhi's grandson. And it was brilliant. It really helped me to acknowledge the real power behind it because anger can just tell us when something isn't sitting right with us, you know. Our morals are speaking up, say. Recently, when I was listening to Holly McNish's book called 
nobody told me. I noted down these words, which I thought were really beautiful about crying. It's such a dangerous part of our culture, the fear of letting liquid loose from our eyes. Those words, again, from Holly McNish. So beautifully put. So, to share a little bit about my perspective on crying, I love a cry. I love it. Someone asked me recently, I'm getting some coaching from, what my relationship was with crying, because I said I'd cried about something. and. She said, yeah, what's your relationship with crying? And I was like, oh gosh, it's absolutely fine. I feel like I'm always welcoming of tears. I mean, obviously sometimes I might need to hold back in certain places and things like that. But when I can, when I have the capacity and the time to let go, whether it's a little cry, an emotional kind of release through something happy, or it's a big old, what my friend Adele calls snot bubble cry, you know, massive, ugly cry is also what other people I know call it. But it's a release. It really is a type of energetic release. And I read, I can't remember where, but I read something recently that said it is a release like laughing. So if we think about crying being a release, it can change sort of the the meaning and the label. I had a really big, lovely cry at a dance thing I went to recently, and it was so amazing. And I knew it was coming, like the music built up and I was like, oh, and just erupted into tears. And speaking to people who I know I can trust with that information, I had a lovely big release and cry. I don't know if I said and cry or maybe they know I've nicknamed it release because um, that's what I prefer to call it now because it's just so helpful. But then sometimes it is nice to call it a cry. Like I, I cried over something emotional that happened with me and Tilly recently. So yeah, I use the term interchangeably, cry and release. I personally feel like it feels really good to have a good cry. And I don't necessarily mean a massive one. Like I say, I, a few months ago, needed to cry to acknowledge how I felt about a certain person. And it was positive and it was tears of gratitude. I remember speaking to one of my uh, healing friends and saying, this might sound weird. I don't know if I even said that. Actually, I don't need to caveat anymore at all. But um, but I just feel like I need to cry to let it out. And she was like, yeah, that's gorgeous. Lovely to hear of it. Just, yeah, let it out and feel, feel it all. And I did. It felt super lovely. So I think so, so many people are used to pressing the emotions that bring tears back down. And it can just be so helpful to let them loose whether it's by yourself or whether it's someone whom you trust. Because if I cry with certain friends, I know they totally accept it. They don't need to offer me comfort. They don't offer me a tissue. They might offer me a hug, but it's not always necessary. I think one of the things that we can be told or spoken to, said to, is one is don't cry. And if anyone was to say that to me, I would probably want to say back, why not? And I would imagine if that person was to tell the honest truth, because it makes me uncomfortable, you know? Tears can be so uncomfortable for so many people. I think I've cried in front of previous employers at different times, you know, probably in an office one-to-one and they've been like really awkward and it's like, I don't care. 
because I needed to let it out. Bless them. Felt, did I feel awkward for them? I don't know. But another one is maybe crying is for babies. This is perhaps said to children who are meant, in inverted commas, to be older and not need to cry. Says who? Says who? We could always maybe benefit from crying, from letting those tears out instead of swallowing, being brave, in inverted commas, you know? And yeah, I just think it's so, so powerful. So we can think about sort of the pressure to not cry on ourselves or our loved ones or people that we know at any age, thinking of little ones, thinking of older people, thinking of men, because I'm sure men feel an immense pressure to not cry, that they're always meant to be strong, not show emotion. And that's really, really sad. And and I feel really um, massive amounts of empathy for the situation that men can be in with that. And I remember Brene Brown talking about, she did a talk once and a guy came up to her and said, thank you for what you're sharing. It's so profound for me to know that I can be vulnerable because I'm meant to be this white knight and to always be strong for my family. And it was a really emotional moment for him. And just, yeah, clearly remember that from one of her talks. I'm going to describe to you a little story. Years ago, I watched La La Land and I loved it. I fucking love La La Land. And I said to my ex-partner, obviously it's an ex now, it wasn't at the time. Um, I want to watch La La Land, but I know I'm going to cry. And I remember him saying, why would you want to do that? If you know you're going to cry, why would you do that? And it made me think. And whether it was at that point or after a we think, I pondered and decided I like feeling. I like to feel emotions. And never since then, I've allowed myself to be stirred by things even more deeply. Or maybe I just kind of let it happen, but I really acknowledged that I like to feel. And I remember taking that feeling of being open to all the emotions and letting the the tears come up and knowing that I would cry watching a film and things. I brought that to a yoga class. I remember walking down to the church where I used to teach in Hove and um, bringing that sort of the fact that we are feeling emotional beings to to the practice because yoga can be emotional. People can feel super empowered and strong and like their sort of the fire in their belly is really alive. And they can also feel really moved and have a massive cry. I've cried several times on my yoga mat. So yeah, it was really nice to have that lesson through La La Land and that exchange. I wonder if you can think about it, if it takes a lot of energy to not cry. And obviously it is only up to you when you feel comfortable crying, releasing some tears. But I wonder, yeah, if you can ponder what energy it takes to hold back. I know for me, I will feel quite tight in my chest, probably a bit anxious as a result. I sometimes get a sore throat when I'm trying not to cry. And 
that has to happen sometimes. I, I can't always let it out. And then sometimes I realize that I can just kind of, when I get home, let it out. And it might just be kind of lying down, listening to my breath, letting the emotion pour out, or it might be having a a cry, listening to music or dancing even. And I wonder if you know who in your life you can talk to and openly cry with who won't try to stop it, who won't try to label it as bad, who won't try and shorten the time that you're releasing, because it can just be so helpful to feel the way, feel your way through whatever it is that needs to be experienced. I'm a when possible, I'm a big fan of exploring feelings. Sometimes, obviously, you can't, it's too painful or it's not the right occasion. But it's, I know sometimes if I feel, oh, there's a little bit of grief coming up, I want to explore that either with journaling or kind of thinking about it as I go for a walk in nature. That's helpful for processing, or it might be with a therapist. And I just want you to acknowledge the different types of tears because obviously we can have incredible, lovely release tears of joy. I remember I I had a little tear when Tilly did her first wee in the potty. I was so proud of her. <laughs> feels funny to admit that, but I don't care one bit. It feels lovely to admit that. She might not be so happy, but anyway. Um, and then we can we can cry with tears of gratitude. I spoke about that with me before. And then more commonly, sadness, of course. Anger. Anger can mask sadness, so it can be a combination. And then grief. And I want to be really clear here because my first experience of of grief was probably after having Matilda. And I went for a massage and the massage therapist said, seems like there's some grief in your chest area. And I was like, oh yeah, that would be accurate because I'm grieving the birth experience I didn't have. And grieving the start to motherhood I I hoped I could have because it was very difficult with birth trauma and things. So it made me acknowledge that we can grieve something that didn't happen. So just a pause to think about that. Grieving an experience that we hoped would happen and didn't. Say parents who had children during the pandemic they might have visualized kind of meeting up and being really social in, in the first few months of their baby's life if they wanted to, obviously, if they didn't want to cocoon and have their baby moon for ages, which I also think is amazing. Um, they might have been grieving the start to parenthood that they they foresaw but didn't happen because of lockdown. All sorts of scenarios can come to mind thinking of, of grief. It doesn't have to be just over someone passing away or something passing away could be a pet, obviously. But yeah, so having a think about how does crying feel for you, seeing if you can maybe make it a little bit more acceptable. And if you find yourself having a cry, having a release, and just witnessing the people around you, because they might be uncomfortable with it, but you're absolutely fine with it. So it doesn't mean you have to say, back the fuck off, I'm crying, it's fine. But you know, just maybe having grace, Of course, these are just invitations.
And here is a poem of my own I'd like to share with you. Come to me crying. Come to me sad. Come sit and tell me the tough times you've had. The times that your heart ached or you've wanted to scream. Or the upset that caused you to have a bad dream. You don't have to man up or put on a brave face. Let emotion pour out from its neat hiding place. Some don't want to hear you release and reveal. But sometimes we need to just share how we feel. Thank you for listening to the Mums King Matter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at The Birth Recovery Coach on social media or contact me via my website. The link is in the show notes. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about my coaching offering, hop onto my website and book a free discovery call. Sending you love and peaceful wishes. Until next time, look after you.